The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. It is uh, 6.06 on this uh, Monday, December 7th, 2020, Pearl Harbor Day. Welcome back. I'm Dave Congleton. Uh, we got a busy week. we got a lot of shows. But I also want to take a second and announce, uh, geez, about a month from now, it will be uh, Wednesday, January 6th, and we will have our 29th anniversary broadcast. And we just uh, booked our special guest for the show will be District Attorney Dan Dow. Certainly uh, much to discuss with our DA, and I'm uh, pleased that he has agreed to be part of the anniversary broadcast. But we've got a lot of ground to cover between now and then. But here's something different. Uh, Dr. Larry Lockman is a good friend of this broadcast, uh, psychologist and author, and usually we dive into deep psychological issues. Uh, but recently he sent uh, news of a new book out by Shannon Lee, daughter of Bruce Lee, martial arts expert, but so much more. And this is uh, clearly a more personal book, and uh, Larry was impressed by it. By the way, it's called Be Water, My Friend, The Teachings of Bruce Lee by Shannon Lee. This just came out in October. You can get this book however you get books. Always good to be in conversation. Dr. Larry Lockman. Larry, good evening. Good evening, Dave. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for joining us, as always, sir. We should take a minute on the off chance that people don't know Bruce Lee and remind them a little bit about who he was and what he did. He he didn't live all that long. Okay, let's do that. Good good question. So uh, Bruce Lee was born November 27, 1940, at the old Jackson Street Hospital in San Francisco. So he was a U.S. citizen. His dad was the member uh, was a member of the uh, Cantonese Opera Company, so they were performing in San Francisco when his mom gave birth. And you're right, uh, he did not live very long. He died at 32. Uh, he, de- he died on July 20th, 1973. And of course, there's been a lot of kind of dovetailing on your last hour propaganda, misinformation, and conspiracy theories about his death. Uh, basically. Uh, he was having a headache, and he wasn't feeling well. He asked his co-star in some of the kung fu movies that he's done in Hong Kong, Betty Ting Pei, for a equagesic tablet. Equagesic uh, is a pain medicine that has aspirin and an ingredient called meprobamate. Meprobamate is a barbiturate, and it's used for people with heavy-duty anxiety, and it depresses the respiratory system and the central nervous system, and unfortunately he had an allergic reaction, uh, stopped breathing, uh, and his brain swelled, and he had cerebral edema. I think his brain swelled like 13% more than it should be. And, you know, our brains are in our skulls, and then it it impacted the life-sustaining centers of the brain, and he died, as I said, July 20th, 1973 in Hong Kong. But many people may remember him from the Green Hornet, TV yeah, show yeah, yeah, yeah. in the late 60s with Van Williams. 
he also made an appearance as Cato from the Green Hornet on the Batman show with Adam West and Burt Ward. He also appeared in the Marlowe movie, um, and he also was on uh, movies like uh, Our Man Flint with James Colbert. And James Colbert and Steve McQueen uh, were two of his um, actor students. And then he uh, also was in a couple episodes of Here Come the Bride. Yeah. A lot of the episodes that a lot of his fans remember is from the Longstreet series with James Franciscus, who the played blind a yeah. blind private yeah. investigator in New Orleans with the White German Shepherd Packs. I remember that. And um, yeah, it was a great show. And so in the 1970s, you know, he was hoping to push forward his concept that eventually led to the Kung Fu series with David Carradine. He faced a lot of discrimination and prejudice against Asian actors. They didn't think Asian actors or Asian actors with accents could hold the leading role. And so, uh, disappointed but not defeated, he uh, shifted and part of his uh, uh, part of his philosophy of fluidity. And he went to Hong Kong and made uh, Fist of Fury, Chinese Connection, um, uh, Return of the Dragon. And he was working on his last movie, Game of Death, when Hollywood finally said, "You know what? You're a bigger, you're a big enough uh, box office draw now. We we will do what you wanted to do several years ago." And they came out in Hong Kong with James Saxon and Jim Kelly, and they filmed Enter the Dragon. So that's a little bit about who Bruce Lee was. Yeah, and fifty years, nearly fifty years later, people are still talking about him. He had a profound influence on many people. I would argue through his martial arts. His approach to the martial arts, some of those movies that you just mentioned, his his fandom remains. Yeah, and beyond just martial arts, you make a good point, Dave. Uh, you know, he he uh, was a philosophy major at the University of Washington in Seattle. In fact, he met his wife when he was twenty two, and she was seventeen at Garfield High School in Seattle. And she began taking some uh, gung fu lessons from uh, Bruce Lee in Seattle. And eventually, uh, one of Bruce's senior students, uh, who still is involved with the school, even though his son is doing the day-to-day activities, Taki Kimura took over the teaching in Seattle. He turned 96 on March 12th of this year, and his son is doing a lot of the main parts of instructing. Uh, he, Bruce Lee also in uh, 1964 opened up an Oakland school. He had a Chinese Wing Chun martial artist named James Lee uh, be the instructor at the Oakland school. And then eventually he relocated to Los Angeles when he was trying to get into the television and the movies and you know, the Green Hornet stuff came in. And um, his one of his senior students took over as instructor in Los Angeles, and that is uh, Dan Inosanto. And uh, Guru Inosanto still has his... Um, school down in um, Marina del Rey uh, off of Beach Avenue, which I visited several times. He teach, still teaches uh, the Jun Fun Wing Chun that Bruce Lee first started teaching in Seattle. Also, Bruce Lee's personal philosophy of approaching life in martial arts, Jeet Kune Do, the way of the intercepting fists, and then uh, Guru Dan Inosanto in Marina del Rey also teaches Filipino martial arts like um, Escrima and so on. So originally, Bruce Lee, uh, his dad tried to teach him in Hong Kong the the moving Chinese exercise and martial art of Tai Chi. You know, if you go to Hong Kong or China, early in the morning you see many people out there doing these slow, flowing, standing meditative movements called Tai Chi Chuan. But according to um, 
Shannon Lee's book and also Linda Lee. Linda was Bruce Lee's wife. So if people want to get away from the conspiracy theories and the disinformation, I know the last hour you're talking about the Russians yeah. and the election. Two books I would recommend. One is the Bruce Lee story, and that's written by his widow, Linda Lee, came out in 1989, and it's published by O'Hara Publications in California. And then, of course, you know, the other one that we're addressing today is the book that just came out, and that is uh, Be Water, My Friend by Shannon Lee, uh, Bruce Lee's daughter. They came out in 2020, Flatiron Books in New York. And then to get authoritative truth about Bruce Lee, Shannon Lee, his daughter, um, who was born in April of 69 in Santa Monica, she's in charge of the Bruce Lee Foundation and keeping his memory accurate, truthful, and factual. So two websites I would recommend to try to stay away from the disinformation. One is BruceLeeFoundation.org, and uh, the foundation may be abbreviated as FDN. And the other one is BruceLee.com forward slash podcast. Shannon Lee, uh, his daughter, whose book we're talking about, also has podcasts on her right. father. And I don't want to dwell on this, Larry, but just as a point of reference for people who may not remember the earlier media we talked about, there was the recent controversy surrounding the Quentin Tarantino film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. If people saw that movie and remember the fight scene with Brad Pitt, he was fighting yeah. Bruce Lee, supposedly. Yeah, I, I purposely didn't see the movie when I heard that Shannon Lee and the family were very uh, upset yeah. uh, about the movie, were not consulted, and it was distorted. Uh, yes, Bruce Lee had a lot of confidence, and growing up, he was involved with street gangs and fights on rooftops captured by black and white 8mm films, and he had a self-confidence that some people could say is cocky, although that may have been... You know, the majority Caucasian view of what, you know, Asian people coming to the United States in the 50s and 60s shouldn't have that confidence. So it may not have been over-the-top cockiness, but it was mis uh, misportrayed. And Shannon uh, Lee, his daughter, whose book we're talking about, made no bones about it. Uh, she's not very happy on how his memory was um, portrayed. Uh, you know, there is artistic license and there is kind of some fiction, you know, involved with that. But she would have liked to have been consulted, and she would have liked to have uh, given some actual factual information from the people who were alive then, and uh, she wasn't. So um, that's true. There was some controversy with the Quentin Tar Tarantino movie and how Bruce Lee was portrayed. We are in conversation with Dr. Larry Lockman, talking about the late, great Bruce Lee. This uh, new book that's out called Be Water, My Friend, by his daughter Shannon Lee. We'll come back and uh, talk more about the book. We're live, we're local. You're listening to Hometown Radio. Dr. Larry Lockman is back on Hometown Radio. He wanted to share with us this new book by Shannon Lee, the uh, daughter of Bruce Lee, called Be Water, My Friend. And Larry, as we continue on the uh, Stolberg Law KVC text line, a listener wants to know the story of what happened to Bruce Lee's son. Was it Brandon? Yeah, uh, Brandon Lee or Brandon Bruce Lee, uh, who was born, if I remember correctly, February 1st, 1965, at East Oakland Hospital. Tragically died March 31st, 1993. I believe it was in North Carolina. It was on the set of The Crow. And from what I remember uh, is that they were using a 44 caliber prop gun in the scene. Uh, and if I recall right, a week or two before 
uh, Brandon was going to be involved with a scene where they, you know, pretend he shot, and then um, there's a, a, a exploding blood squib that he would uh, trigger. Um, they were supposed to use blanks, um, so uh, bullets um, that don't have the lead tip, but they have cardboard tips, and they have a primer and less amount of gunpowder, if I remember correctly, and uh, there was something they couldn't even find blanks, or something didn't work, so one of the prop guys took live rounds and took off the um uh he kind of modified modified it without uh gunpowder in the casing but created a uh they kept the lead tips on it and they used it for some other scene in some other situation and two and they didn't know that one of the lead tips of the uh, bullets that he took the gunpowder out got lodged in the barrel of the gun so Two weeks later, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, when they did put the proper blanks in, they shot the blanks, but the blanks caused the that lead tip that was lodged to be expelled, and it was almost pretty much like getting hit with a live round, which I think he was hit in his abdomen, uh, abdomen abdominal area near the uh, navel, and he didn't make it. So it was a tragedy. And, of course, people come up with conspiracy theories and say things that are insensitive and uh, sensationalistic for the family. And, you know, one of the uh, things that Shannon writes in her book, Be Water, My Friend, um, applies to what you guys discussed in the previous hour, in this, and, and I think it applies to people wanting to feel like um, they have control or they know what's going on, there's a cause and effect for everything, that it's some bad malevolent force out there. And the quote from Shannon's book is this, and tell me what you think, Dave. We attempt to rationalize, analyze, and explain things in ways that support our victimhood or our superiority. My father, and she's talking about Bruce Lee, my father identified the motivation for this behavior in this way. There is a powerful craving in most of us to see ourselves as instruments in the hands of others and thus free ourselves from the responsibility for our own actions especially our questionable impulses and inclinations. What do you take from that? I think there's a lot of truth to that. Don't okay. you? Yeah, and that ties into some of the things we've talked about in the previous broadcasts. And in reading Shannon's book, uh, she talks about that her dad uh, started studying uh, Wing Chun uh, when he's about 13, uh, Wing Chun, uh, according to James Lee, Bruce Lee's uh, instructor in Oakland who wrote a book, uh, Wing Chun, uh, means beautiful springtime. And it was uh, supposed to have been the style of Kung Fu that uh, Bruce Lee studied in Hong Kong when he was 13, as Shannon describes in her book, were supposedly to have been founded by a Chinese woman named Yim Wing Chun, uh, who learned the basics from a Buddhist nun named Ning Mui uh, somewhere in the late 1500s, if I did my math correct. And Wing Chun, you know, stresses pairing attacks, trapping hands, simultaneous blocking and striking, uh, emphasizing the center line from, you know, forehead, chin, down the solar plexus, and dividing up different quadrants, high, low, forward, and backward. And that was the first art that uh, Bruce Lee started studying with his instructor, uh, Yip Man, in um, Hong Kong. And Shannon Lee talks about that not only was Bruce trained in physical techniques, but the, his Sifu, uh, his uh, martial arts master, 
Yip Man, also woven Taoist philosophy and principles of yin and yang uh, into the teachings. For example, they use the metaphor of an oak tree and bamboo that with enough uh, wind gales and gusty winds, the oak tree may snap, but the bamboo survives because it's more flexible. It moves uh, with the wind. It doesn't uh, resist. And that kind of parallels my own you know, martial art experience. I started about 13 as well, though uh, not as early as uh, Bruce did. And uh, my first instructor was in Shotokan Karate, which is a lot of linear strikes, blocks, and kicks with deep stances with Art McConnell-sensei at the Okano Tozai, uh, Tozai Dojo in New York. And then when I got to the West Coast, I was looking a little bit more for uh, flowing, less resistive, less um, linear movements, and I started studying Yoshinkai Aikido uh, with former Costa Mesa Police Defensive Tactics Instructor Dave Dai-sensei in Costa Mesa, California. I also spent time in San Diego and studied with uh, Bernice Tom-sensei of the Iwama tradition of Aikido uh, that Saito-sensei uh, furthered in the United States in San Diego. And my last experience you and I talked about a few months ago was with Gracie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu here in Monterey with uh, former police officer Tom uh, Chukarol-sensei uh, until COVID hit and things got shut down and until I hurt my back. So uh, I've been kind of paralleling the journey with uh, uh, Bruce Lee and in reading Shannon's book, the philosophy and the things she writes impacts in a lot of ways that we can give some examples. Well, before I go there, let me bring Craig into the conversation. Craig, you wanted to make a comment? Yeah, a few minutes ago you were talking about uh, Shannon Lee uh, trying to convince people that these uh, otherworldly forces were not involved in her father's death and there's no one to blame and uh, kind of that idea. But I remember distinctively the movie Dragon was about this curse on the Lee family. The movie was done in the can, ready to be shipped, and then his son dies in a freak accident. They had to bring back the film to add a tag, kind of acknowledging what had happened. And the whole thing is about a curse on the Lee men, and then this happens while they were wrapped on that movie. So it does seem like there is something strange about this this curse on the Lee family. And let me jump in before we get an answer from Dr. Larry Lockman. We are going to go to California Headline News. And ABC Radio News, otherwise I'll be cursed. Craig will update us on Time Saver Traffic and Weather Together. And we'll continue our conversation about Bruce Lee and this brand new book out by his daughter called Be Water, My Friend. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio for the Central Coast. Stick around. we got more to come. California Headline News. With COVID-19 cases surging in the state, Health and Human Services Secretary Dr. Mark Galley says infections that occurred over the Thanksgiving holiday are starting to show up. We believe that the levels of transmission that we've been reporting so far will likely continue to go up some because of those activities around Thanksgiving. California today announced nearly 25,000 new cases. The positivity rate stands at 8.4%. Santa Clara County officials today announced there are only 50 empty ICU beds available for the two 
2 million residents in the county. 62 people were hospitalized Sunday with COVID-19. And earlier today, Governor Gavin Newsom reacted to the announcement that Attorney General Javier Becerra has been selected to serve as the new Health and Human Services Secretary in the Biden administration. It's a game changer for us. The, the stale air of normalcy versus the fresh air of progress, how I would describe it, in terms of the relationship with the federal government, with the new administration. Steve Clawson, California News. The good news is that Andy Morris is back from vacation. You heard that today. You can hear it again tomorrow from 6 to 9 a.m. Along with Scott Taylor, followed by Mr. Rush Limbaugh from 9 until noon, followed by Dave Ramsey from noon until 3. Craig and I will be back at 3.05 with the Tuesday edition of Hometown Radio. We are continuing our conversation with Dr. Larry Lockman about this new book out called Be Water, My Friend by Shannon Lee, daughter of actor, martial arts expert, and so much more Bruce Lee. Hard to believe he's been gone for almost 50 years. Before the break, uh, Craig Hill was uh, raising the uh, issue of a possible curse surrounding the Lee family. Uh, Larry, how would you respond to that? So a lot of... uh a lot of uh, speculation and sensational uh, conjuring of theories came up after he died. One, it was like, uh, you know, the Chinese or Korean mafia, or if someone gave him a delayed death touch, did Mac uh, attack, or he was poisoned, or he was this. And the family, you know, I've seen, I've watched and listened to the interviews with Linda Lee and uh, Shannon Lee, and I think they really uh, are hurt by that kind of thing. Because when you say that, something is cursed or it's like your family is destined that there's been some type of transgression this is retribution that there has to be an identifiable cause and he gets into magical magical thinking and a logical extension that is blaming the victim uh so you know for example you know uh, my mom passed away from alzheimer's disease complication my dad's been diagnosed as my family curses that really help us feel better no we have an APOE4 gene mutation. Science explains it. It's not. We don't have to go back to uh, medieval uh, views of badness and spells and and uh, curses to explain why things happen. The other thing is people do get anxious when there's random events and and not a specific cause or a bad guy, and they don't like chaos theory. I think Aristotle, see, Aristotle, Socrates talk about the parable of a man who woke up each morning and said, I caused the sun to come up, because each morning when I wake up, the sun is up. And they thought there was a cause and effect relationship rather quote. than a correlational or coincidental. So what they did is they held him down <laughs> so he wouldn't wake up, and the sun came up anyway. So we have to be careful of the attributions we make. Uh, it's really important about that. Don't quote so Aristotle. To, Don't quote Aristotle on this show. It's AM radio. Craig, I take that as a no. Well, I still believe it's more than specious reasoning to believe that this movie in these weird deaths, I'm not talking, you know, he had cancer. I mean, an aspirin that had, that caused an allergic reaction. And then upon the movie being released about a curse, his son dies on a incredibly weird, another weird accident. Things happen. And, 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 and Craig used the magic word accidents and accidents do happen. Random events happen. You're asking the larger question. Craig is always great at this. He, you know, he really makes me think and look at divergent thinking. Uh, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, what, what's our answer to that? Why do little kids get leukemia? And uh, why do grandmothers get carjacked? So 
you know, that's the larger question, and that's up to people's faith and religion and philosophy. So but we go, go on to some no, of the things let, in Shannon's well, book. Let's go on to the text message on the Stolberg line. The listener wants to know, what belts and what disciplines did Bruce hold? Well, so Bruce was trained in Wing Chun Gung Fu, and then he uh, he modified some of the Wing Chun in his own way of doing it, called Jung Fun uh, Gung Fu. And then in 1964, he started developing uh, his own way of doing martial arts. And this comes down to his basic philosophy, uh, using no way as way and having no limitation as limitation. And you'll read about in uh, Shannon Lee's book that in 1964, in fact, November of 64, uh, Bruce wanted to be able to teach anybody who came to his uh, Oakland school and uh, some of the more traditional uh, Chinese Kung Fu practitioners rejected that. They wanted to keep it within the culture. And so Shannon writes, uh, my mother, who was several months pregnant at the time, was there for the fight, along with my father's good friend and instructor, James Lee, that the group from Chinatown challenged Bruce and said, if we beat you in the match, you have to stop teaching non-Chinese and follow the rules that we want you to follow. And Bruce said, if I win, I can teach whoever I want. Hmm. And so they first they came to his Oakland school in November of 64, and they said, all right, here are the rules. You can't gouge our eyes. You can't strike the groin. You can't do this. You can't do that. And the Shannon writes, this is where my father stopped him. There would be no rules. My father proclaimed that if they were indeed seeking to threaten his livelihood and attempt to shut down the very essential part of his being, then the match would have to be a real fight with nothing held back. And so they they agreed to that. And after a couple of blows, the guy who was challenging Bruce Lee started running away from him for about 10 minutes. And we're not trained in martial arts to attack people from behind and chase after them. And it was, you know, he was getting winded a little bit, Bruce, and he was trying to figure out the best way to subdue this gentleman, which he finally did, and he gave up. And that's when he said, you know, my traditional uh, forms, my traditional postures, my traditional stances uh, did me, you know, no good because this was without rules, without preformed uh, type of tag hitting. Uh, it was freestyle. He started running away. I improvised, and I found myself out of breath. So that's when Shannon writes he got into jogging, weight training, and conditioning, and started adding things. Uh, like techniques from Western boxing, including the jab, the cross hook, bobbing and weaving, and also with fencing, looking at the stop hit and closing the gap. And he started bringing in uh, features and techniques from other arts to make up for the deficits of the limitations he found when he was actually in a real fight. And he called the type of tournament competition back in the 60s and 70s dry land swimming. Uh, Shannon Lee writes, he didn't deal in points earned or light touches landed, as was the style of the day in high-level competitions. He called that kind of point-oriented competitive fighting with so many rules and restrictions dry land swimming. Another way of saying that is when you are actually attacked in real life, you're going to react like you've trained for it. And if you train for pulling your punches and only making points and not going for the eyes and groin and shin and kneecap then you may do the same thing when you really need to go for those things when you're being attacked for real life. Yeah, but go to this personality. What did you learn about Bruce Lee's personality from this book that you didn't already know? 
Well, some of the things uh, that he talked about, uh, some of the things that Shannon Lee talked about, um, was you know the 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 connection between martial artists, the connection between trying to perfect your body, your mind, and your spirit, and. He talked about using no way is way and having no limitation is limitation, and that parallels what we now call flow. In fact, uh, the researcher Mihai Csikszentmihalyi wrote a book, Flow, the Psychology of Optimal Experience. And, of course, as soon as we define it, you limit it. But basically, flow is the harmonious process of being totally involved with some process in your life, some creative movement, some creative activity. It could be fencing, it could be swimming, it could be chess, it could be martial arts, it could be painting, that you're totally immersed in that activity, almost without awareness. It's like combining muscle memory uh, with mind-body-spirit integration and being fluid. You know, they used to make fun of former President Gerald Ford, who took over after President Nixon resigned to avoid impeachment of Watergate. And, uh, you know, President Ford was an athlete. I believe he was both a football player and a swimmer That's in right. Michigan. Yep. And I think he tripped once, and the, and the Washington press made a big ordeal of it. And it made him so self-conscious that he became less fluid and less natural in things that we uh, don't have to think about and be so self-conscious where he kept tripping and falling or stumbling more and more. So this is the opposite of that that you're so involved with your training and being in what I call being in the moment. You stop passing and futuring and be totally absorbed in the actual moment of now with doing something that really floats your boat, that you've practiced a long time, you've integrated muscle memory with mind, body, spirit, and you're so focused that you do it well almost effortlessly. And that's one of the things that I picked up from Shannon Lee's book that Bruce really tried, Bruce Lee tried to really promote with, uh, his expression of martial arts called Jeet Kune Do, the way of the intercepting fists, uh, to not to be locked down with forms and stances and rules and limitations and structures, but use what works. Yeah, uh, and, and that's why she said, be water, my friend. You know, there's a, water flows. Water will do any type of way to get to where it needs to go, not just one way, and it'll go around limitation. On one hand, it's the softest substance you can put in a cup, on the other hand, with crashing waves, it can wear down solid rock. Was Bruce Lee a natural at this? So, so Shannon does say that he probably had uh, some uh, gifted raw talent, but she said that the reason why Bruce was phenomenal is because he put in a phenomenal amount of time in practice. And there's another book called Mastery by an Aikido practitioner, I'm blocking on his name now, that talks about that you practice, practice, practice until one day you find yourself naturally have gone up away from that plateau and you're on a different level. That he would practice like 500 punches with his right hand, 250 punches with his left hand, uh, kicks that he would always be practicing and moving and training. And so if you practice, move, and train in anything every day, in addition to whatever talent you have, you're going to get uh, better and better. In fact, Shannon Lee writes that my father, a teenager, his childhood nickname was Mao Tse King, which translates to never sit still. And later he had a nickname from a stage name, Su Lung, or Little Dragon. And she said that he would constantly practice trying to improve himself, never being satisfied. But one of the things that I got from Bruce Lee and this book is uh, – 
to be open, to be accepting, and not judge people so much, to have an open mind. And he wrote about this in 1971 in Black Belt Magazine, and Shannon Lee writes in her book, a learned man once went to Zen, a Zen master to inquire about Zen. As the master tried to talk and explain, the learned man would frequently interrupt and say, oh yeah, we have that too, oh yeah, we have that too, and so forth. Finally, the Zen master stopped talking and began to serve tea to the learned man. However, he kept pouring uh, the tea in the teacup until it overflowed. Enough, no more can go into the cup, the learned man interrupted. The Zen master said, indeed I see, if you do not first empty your cup, how can you taste my cup of tea? And then Leo Biscaya, the uh, professor at USC, the, quote, love doctor, who wrote the book Living, Loving, and Learning, he had a similar experience that he was also in Japan. He was telling the Zen master everything he knew, and I know this, I know that, I study this, this is this. And he said that this small, gentle, peaceful Zen master turned around and slapped him across the face. And Leo Biscaya was holding his lip and said, why did you do that? And the Zen master responded, do not walk in my head with your dirty feet. I like that. On the Stolberg line for Dr. Larry Lockman, a listener wants to know if you can explain Bruce's one-inch punch. So, yes. So in martial arts, you don't just punch with your hand and your fist or kick with your foot and your ankle. You put your whole body into it. You put your whole power, and then you also channel whatever the concept of internal energy whether it's key in Japanese, chi in uh, Chinese, uh, numa in Greek, uh, prana in Indian or yogic work. And so she talks about this in uh, the book, uh, Be Water, My Friend, Bruce Lee's on guard position. He would, have his re- he would have his right foot, right hand, strong side forward. His rear heel of his left foot was raised like a coiled serpent, ready to push off and strike. His limbs were loose but not floppy, knees bent, feet hip-width apart, distance of a natural step, and the back toe pointed to the front toe, forming a triangle for stability of stance so you don't get swept with a leg sweep or pushed off balance. So when he punched, he didn't just punch with his wrist and his fist. He was punching with his whole body, especially propelled uh, by that rear foot. And so the guy would go flying with the, uh, the uh, punch cushion or the kick cushion, and people who study martial arts who use their whole body, you know, can uh, do that as well. He was very powerful. Uh, all the people who studied with him said he was extremely quick. Sometimes they would have to slow down uh, his movements because they, they just couldn't capture it on the uh, film cameras. And then he was extremely strong, uh, especially with that uh, right punch. And so you're punching with the whole body, uh, not just the arm or the fist. And that's why uh, it was so powerful with his one-inch punch. And you remember, he was doing those uh, one- or two-finger uh, push-ups, too, that strengthening his uh, arm and wrist. That's amazing. Dr. Larry Lockman on this broadcast. Talking about the new book that's out called Be Water, My Friend, by Shannon Lee, the daughter of Bruce Lee. He's been gone for almost 50 years. Now we'll come back for a final segment. You're listening to AM 920, FM 96.5. This is News Talk 920, KVEC. Top of the arts, ABC Radio News. I remind you that tomorrow, Jordan Cunningham, our state assemblyman, joins us at uh, 5.05. My brother Bruce is also going to be here. We are in uh, our final segment with Dr. Larry Lockman, who's been talking about Bruce Lee and this new book. I want to make sure, though, that people who are listening, uh, a lot of us appreciate martial arts, but we're not really that into it. 
and we may not even know much about Bruce Lee, Larry. So let's spend a couple minutes out of this book. What can the layperson like myself take away from Bruce Lee's life and his philosophy? I'm glad you asked that question because uh, Shannon Lee writes in her book, Be Water, My Friend, The Teachings of Bruce Lee, that the literal translation of Kung Fu is skill achieved through hard work and discipline. I think we can all relate to that, that any skill is going to be achieved through uh, hard work and discipline. So, in a way, it is possible to have good Kung Fu in anything, mathematics Kung Fu, mothering Kung Fu, public speaking Kung Fu. You know, you get the point. Apply yourself. Winners don't quit. Quitters don't win. You know, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Yep. If you don't start, you're never going to arrive. So any skill you want to achieve is going to have to be done through hard work and uh, discipline. And once you start action, things will start rolling. One of the things I do with my patients with depression, in addition to talk therapy and if they need to some medication intervention, is to increase their physical activity because we know increased physical activity with oxygen and blood to the brain raises the brain uh, feel-good chemicals and neurotransmitters and decreased depression. And so you start with one step of doing something and you kind of, as uh, Shannon Lee quoted, from a snow melt, you develop into a surging river and that it will feed on itself that you may not feel like getting up and going out for a walk or connecting with friends, but by force yourself to go through the motions, then you will start having momentum, then you'll feel like it, and then you'll do it more and more. The other thing that Shannon Lee wrote about is realizing that my perceived faults were intimately tied to my strengths, and that if I'm going to berate myself for my weaknesses, I should at least celebrate my strength as well. And so in my line of work, people with uh, chronic depression have what's called the cognitive triad. They think their past is a failure, they're defective, and the future is hopeless. Well, if you think that, that's going to make anybody depressed. And so it's important to give equal air time that uh, for every one ding that you give yourself or focus on your weakness, it's important to give equal air time to the things that you actually have accomplished and have done well. Um, another thing she talks about that Bruce Lee said uh, that uh, Shannon wrote about in her book is being scared to ask for what you need is a trauma response, as if your needs are unimportant or you're going to get hit upside the head for asking what you want. And I know there's been a lot of increase with domestic violence situations with the shelter in place in COVID, but it's important to be able to ask for what you need. Now, some people think it's being selfish. And what I get from these excerpts about this in Shannon Lee's book is this definition. Selfish is when you always insist to go first and prevent other people from doing what they want. Self-interest, self-care, self-respect, self-autonomy, self-sufficiency, self-nurturance is different than that. And people have to be able to ask for what they need and not ignore that or think that their thoughts or feelings are not valid and not credible. Uh, these are, And then the usefulness of a cup is in its emptiness. Again, what? let's try to listen to another person's point of view without demonizing. You can agree to disagree, but let's at least give someone a chance to talk. Wait a minute, explain that. The usefulness, the usefulness, of, a usefulness, of, a, uh, uh, usefulness of a cup is in its emptiness, that in order to taste my... Uh, iced tea that I put on the porch, you got to empty your cup, because if your cup is filled with your tea, how are you going to taste my tea? If you're full with opinions, and you're already 
close off to any other point of view, you're into convergent thinking, only one right answer, then you're not going to be uh, open to interact with other people, understand other people, and have empathy. And sometimes the way we up our game, another quote from Shannon Lee's book, is to learn and to grow, you need relationship. Another way of saying that is you need that sparring partner to level up your game. And so that's another thing that I come away from uh, Shannon Lee's book about uh, Bruce Lee and the lessons in life that she has learned from her dad. Uh, Another one is action is a high road to self-confidence. Again, taking some action. And sometimes we procrastinate or avoid because we think the, um, the task is too overwhelming. So we, what we have in my profession is called GTAs, Graded Task Assignments. You break them down into four or five pieces. You do about 20, 30 minutes, 30 minutes of the activity, and then take an hour break and do something fun. Then come back to it. It's pacing yourself like a long-distance sprinter. And so these are some of the common things that anybody can apply to their life. And then finally, the essence of water, it's ever finding its own path without limit. Well, the interesting, to, the interesting flow, thing is, is to try to flow and not force things. Have like what's called right. passive volition. Um, right. In biofeedback, if you force yourself to relax and you're really trying to really force it, well, then you're not going to be relaxed because you have muscle tension. Right. But to let go, almost like um, mindfulness meditation, let the thoughts that come and passively volition make it happen without extreme effort yeah but also the thing to keep in mind is that shannon lee lost her father when she was only four that's right and so the images she says she has is kind of feelings and um uh kids that young usually have um eidetic or visual images you know maybe some language but you know four is usually kind of pre-verbal or early verbal uh and that's true and what's different about her losing her dad at four than me and you losing our dads at four, she has a lot of things of him being memorialized with his movies, the TV shows, his writings, his books, his, his uh, instructing, his students, the students that still carry on his memory, like uh, Taki Kimura in Seattle and Dan Inosanto in L.A., Ted Wong. Uh, so, and how noteworthy her dad was. He studied philosophy, and a lot of philosophers like Lao Tzu, uh, Krishnamurti, who used to have the summer outings in Ojai, uh, influenced him a lot in his uh, way of dealing with life and how he looked at martial arts. All right, so the book is uh, Be Water, My Friend by Shannon Lee. Dr. Larry Lockman, thank you for making us aware of the book, and thank you for joining us on Hometown Radio. Thank you, Dave. All right, good show today. Great way to start the week. Uh, we thank uh, Jim Barnett and Tom Franciscovich and Dan Shadwell and Dr. Larry Lockman. If you missed any part of the show, podcast will be up shortly at 920kvec.com. Thanks, as always, to Craig Hill, and thanks to you for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow at 3.05. I'm Dave Congleton. Now, Oliver, get out of my chair. I'm coming home. Good night. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.